Yep, it's running. Like you've been running in my mind all night long. Oh boy, I sort of miss spooning with you like we were back at Ravenwood Castle. Dude, don't click your mouse ever again. Ooh. Holy shit, it is the loudest mouse I've ever heard. <laughs> Welcome to the Tuesday Night Podcast. I'm Alan Gerding, and this is the podcast, the only one on the internet that I know of, that is the, about the stories we make. No, about, yes. Wait, hold on. I guess I'm rusty. It's been a long weekend, Ben. Mm. This is the podcast all about the stories we make while playing the games we love on, around, and even under the gaming table. Yes, got it. And with me, I have Sir Weenie. A.K.A. Oh, Ben Canellis. How you doing, Ben? I'm doing great. I'm recovering, but I'm doing great. Yeah, recovering, because we just got back from what, Ben? Weekend Werewolf. We just spent the entire weekend at Ravenwood Castle, which is near Hawking Hills, southern Ohio. Beautiful place. Beautiful location. And Ben, you had been to my previous Halloween events. How many yeah. have you been to? Uh, I th I've been to two, and uh, this was the first Weekend Wolf. And uh, anyone listening to this should be suffering some serious FOMO because it is awesome. I had a good time, but it was a shit ton of work, sir. And I knew that going in because, let's be very clear, thank you so much, Dr. Benjamin Quaxley, a.k.a. Sir Weenie, a.k.a. Benjamin Canellis, the designer of such games as Red Scare, Bitten, and the upcoming Floodgate game, The Three Laws of Robotics. But I could have not done it without you. You said it yourself. If you weren't there, no way I could have done this thing. I mean, the amount of work that you bit off for yourself to chew was ludicrous. A 50-person game of Werewolf where you were keeping track of all the votes and tabulations entirely by yourself, by hand, in a notebook, where every person had a special role, as well as you were giving out artifacts, as well as eliminated players became ghosts and their votes counted. It was insanity. I... I <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe how big you tried to go for the first year, just like just going nuts. But <laughs> all right, let's back up just a couple of steps and give the overall big picture of Weekend Werewolf at Ravenwood Castle. Imagine this. You sign up for this weekend long event. You show up on Friday evening to check in to the castle. Will you stay in one of the many luxurious rooms located right within Ravenwood Castle? Or you get to cozy on down into one of the many medieval village cottages that they have adjacent to Ravenwood Castle. Cottages like the Baker's Cottage or the Spencer's Cottage, even Cinderella's Coach House, cause that's right, Every single one of these cottages is fairy tale themed, each with its own unique aesthetic, all combining to this immersive feel that you are living inside of a storybook. <laughs> yeah! 
Friday night is when the games begin. You're greeted by Alan Girding playing the role of the Mad Professor Von Gard and game designer Ben Canellis, aka Sir Weenie, dressed up as Dr. Benjamin Quaxley. We have some organized events, including just regular old-fashioned werewolf. Imagine entering the Great Hall, a big-ass room full of these heavy oak tables. Oh, man. So many guests, which means so many players for this large-scale game of werewolf. Everyone's looking around. How many werewolves are there? Are there five? Are there six? <laughs> There's eight. There's eight. Don't tell them. And then you spend the time choosing who should we eliminate. Several people get eliminated, but then everyone has to close their eyes, where the werewolves then open their eyes and they each get to choose one guest to devour for that evening. The group gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And finally, there's very few players left who will win. The villagers of the werewolves. I basically just wasted your time by explaining to you how you play a freaking game of werewolf using a whole bunch of players because we had a whole lot of guests. We had over 50 guests, it was ridiculous. But that's Friday evening. Saturday morning, people wake up and they're playing the main event, Weekend Werewolf. Werewolf meets a reality television show. Everybody has a unique character card and there's rounds. Every round is two hours. It was every odd hour on the hour. So one o'clock, three o'clock, five o'clock, seven o'clock, etc. People had to go to the voting booth and vote for the guests that they want eliminated. When they put in their vote, they use their character's powers because every single guest had a unique character power. For instance, there was the seer. You get to write down who you want eliminated, but you also write down a player you believe might be a werewolf. So I would go ahead and take all of these voting slash power slips down into our Duke's dungeon room in the basement of the castle. <laughs> And I would go ahead and register all the votes to see which players were eliminated, but I'd also have to write a note back to the players on the results of their power. So if the seer was correct, I would say, yes, that person is indeed a werewolf, or no, that player is not. Another character, the baker. You choose three players, and I would write down one role that at least one of those players are. So you write down three names, Billy, Sally, and June, and then you get back Werewolf. And the baker thinks, Damn it! Which one of the three is a werewolf? But do you choose to start telling people that one of those three are? Because you may just get someone eliminated that is not a werewolf at all. It was Billy the entire time, but you got rid of Sally and June. Oh man. So much work, so much accounting in our room, the Duke's dungeon, trying to get all these votes and powers and get those envelopes and results back to the players in time so they could still play the game before the next odd hour. Doom, doom. I was telling all the people that you were definitely going mad. You were earning your title of mad professor while you were tabulating because that first time I came down to the room to check on you, I could see the panic in the back of your eyes as you were on... <laughs> When the players checked in, they were given a playing card for us to sort of cross-reference uh, their names against, and we forgot to tell the players that they should put those playing card numbers there, so you were running into names that people were using that were different than the names you had down in your ledger, and it was just... <laughs> <laughs> insane insane so when people would check in i would say what is your preferred name for the weekend 
because I didn't want to just give them the name that they use to check into the hotel because sometimes people want to have a fun, mysterious weekend. I'm not judging. I don't think this was happening. Maybe a couple's going there to cheat. Like, hey, let's just have a hump fest away from our husband slash wife and let's not give people our real name. I don't know, but I want to give you that freedom. So some people would come up with names like carnivore or seraphim or aragon a lot of players actually use their characters role-playing names from their dungeons and dragons games or whatever role-playing game that they are using maybe they're even mothership names i didn't ask i should have <laughs> but then when they would go vote for other players sometimes there would be a name that would say emily and i'd look through the character roster and think who the fuck is Emily? There's no <laughs> Emily in here. Uh, live and learn. We will be wiser next year. Yeah, absolutely. And you did a fantastic job because the next round, very few people forgot to put the playing cards. But you mentioned it before. If you get voted out, if this is a reality TV show, you wouldn't get your rose. The limousine would just pick you up and send your ass to the airport with your bag of things. But since these are guests that paid for this event and they're here the entire weekend, we can't just kick them out of the castle. I mean, we could. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, some people were legit upset that they were killed and were ghosts. Like, it's a game and it was competitive. I was surprised. Man. Hey, do you want to explain how the ghost system worked? Sure. In a minute or less with an elevator pitch? I can do that. What will my character be? Hmm, Sir Weenie, Sir Weenie, what would a good character be? How is your vampire? Is your Transylvanian vampire any good? Uh, we'll find out, I guess. Oh, I got dinged already! Oh no! <laughs> One minute! Blah, blah! I suck the blood from this victim and they die, but do not worry. They pass on, they become spiritus and float around the game, no longer with Roa but be ghost. Ghost must decide who they think will die, who they think will win, and if there were any living werewolves or executioners left in the game, they will earn points for finding these people out and putting them on their voting cards. Hmm, I'm going to make more ghosts now. Blah, blah, blah. Wow, that was way less than a minute. You did well. Long story short, you die, you become a ghost, and ghosts earn points because there were three trophies, one of which I don't think we should talk about because you really helped me and we may have something with that game. So let's keep that as a surprise for anyone who comes to Weekend Werewolf next year. How do, what do you think of that, Dr. Quaxley, a.k.a. Sir Weenie, a.k.a. Benjamin Canellis? Are you referring to Say Sassin? Shh, yeah, scrab oh, that. Oh, oh, oh no! Instead, we, we had two trophies for the main event, Weekend Werewolf, and one of them was the Weekend Werewolf Champion, because only one player was gonna be crowned the best werewolf player of the weekend. But what was the other trophy? That was the uh, the knight trophy for those who earned the most points. And so the reason we kept the ghosts around was that the ghosts could earn points better than living people could. The living players would earn points for surviving the rounds, but the ghosts had the chance to earn more points than that simply by uh, having correct guesses. Yeah. 
And the ghost could win artifacts too and still talk to other players to try to manipulate things. In fact, one of the characters was the minion played by our friend Stephanie Richmond, who is a fellow psychologist of mine, and she's totally in a werewolf, and she's a social psychologist specifically who teaches classes on identifying liars. So her specialty is supposed to be being able to tell when someone is lying. But she got killed right away. Why do you think she got killed right away? Like, let me just tell this quick story. And I know you know this story because you were there, <laughs> Dr. Quaxley. <laughs> Right away in the beginning of the game, everyone's been assigned their roles. Are you a werewolf? Are you an executioner? Are you a baker? Are you the seer? Etc. But Stephanie stands up in front of everybody. Everybody's in the great hall of the castle. And Dr. Stephanie Richmond says, Just so you know, I'm a psychologist and my job is to identify liars. That is my specialty. So when the first round of votes came in, out of over 50 players, there was 52, wasn't that right? Correct. Yeah, exactly. 52 players playing Weekend Werewolf. There were 27 votes for Stephanie Richmond. <laughs> <laughs> her, her and her husband were, were limited that first round. They were, they were not fiance, popular. Fiancé, sir. Fiancé. Oh, oh, fiancé. Mm. Yeah, they're not married yet. So, you know, you, you still have time if you're listening to this come in and break that up. What is it with me in this episode in marital discord? I don't know. My marriage is going great. Don't think that this is some type of projection into me having problems in my marriage. Although I did spend an entire weekend with you, sir. <laughs> we kept each other warm all night. Shared a bed with Sir Weenie. <laughs> she didn't do well, but her character was the minion. And the minion wins with the werewolves, but she had the special ability of knowing who all the other werewolves were. And the other werewolves didn't know who they were. So she had the job of finding the werewolves and saying, hey, I'm on your team. But that was such an advantage for her as a ghost early in the game because she could just tell the werewolves who to eat that night. And then using her ghost card, she would bet that those people would be the ones to die at the end of that round. And so you'd think, well, clearly... Dr. Stephanie Richmond probably won because she would get a point for guessing the dead people as a ghost. But she didn't. She did well, but she didn't because of the artifact cards. What are the artifact cards, Ben? So like you said, we were hosting other large format games throughout the weekend. We had other activities such as like scavenger hunts and other things that will uh, remain under wraps so that we don't spoil everything for anybody thinking of coming up we to We can say attend. thingy and fairy tale betrayal and a yes, snake those, safari. Yes, those are the games I was referring to and such. But uh, if you participate and win in those games, we would give out artifact cards which had a whole host of ridiculous power. Some were basically just points for you as a player, but other things would let you kill other players or learn more information. A whole spate of uh, veritable options were open to you through the artifact cards. Right. One of the artifacts, as you mentioned, allowed you to kill a player. That was incredibly rare because imagine a deck of 50 artifacts. Most of the cards were just point cards. There were bronze cards that just gave you an instant point as a ghost. But there was also the oh-so-rare Touch of Anubis card, which allowed you to choose a player to die. And there was also the Mayor card, which allowed you, even if you were an undead ghost, to go ahead and write the name of two people, or even the same person twice, and put that in as a vote for them to be executed. 
So yeah, amongst other artifacts, which I don't want to reveal because part of the mystery of Weekend Werewolf is what the heck are the artifact cards and what ability will I get? And if you get the most points, just to reiterate, you'd become the Undead Knight of Weekend Werewolf 2019. It was actually Carnivore, a woman by the name of Connie that won this year and she got the most points. She was totally surprised. She did one of those when we did the final announcement and told everyone <laughs> the points. It was really stressful at the time. because I said there were two major bump-ins, and I would say the one was not considering the timing, and that's why I was so lucky that I had you there. But the ghost cards didn't take as long to tally as the regular vote cards, so in round one, I had 52 vote cards to go over, and that took me almost two hours. Yeah. Almost two hours. Not 45 minutes, not even close to 45 minutes. But On the schedule, it was supposed to be 45 minutes. So everyone was up in the main hall expecting to get their cards back. And I was like, let's play a game instead. The professor is still tabulating. And you did great. You and the guests played two rooms and a boom. They won artifacts for that. But the next round, after so many people died, it was quicker. So by the end, the last round, it only took like 30 minutes to do all the accounting so it got easier as it went on. Then we stayed up all night, though, doing the ghosts. Cause we, were, we weren't counting the ghost points as we were running along to make sure the rest of the tabulations would go quicker. So, <laughs> Yeah, some... basically, if I saw a ghost card, I just said, I'll do it tonight. I'll do it tonight and just threw them aside. We had a whole homework assignment left over for us after we, we were like, OK, that was the last, uh, the last of the events on the schedule. What do we do? Oh, that's right. We have to go do our homework. I just want to give you a little bit of a love letter right here and now. Dr. Quaxley, Ben Canellis, because you would be the perfect wingman. If I was single again, talking about marital discord, and if you were single, I would totally have you be my wingman because you're perfect. Because pretty much if I was doing anything, you would just calmly ask, not invasive at all. Hey, is there anything I can do for you? And I totally took advantage. I said, yeah, I need to organize these envelopes in order of playing card. No problem. Boom. All of a sudden, whatever I needed was in my hand. You were there. You were pro. So I really appreciate it. Aww. Thank you so much. You know, it was it was a lot of fun helping you out. I've been to two of the Halloween weekend events and, and seen how much it can be. And just was always impressed by how much you were able to get done by yourself. And I think this weekend werewolf event, we were together, we were able to kick it up to the next level because we could really uh, divide and conquer, which allowed us to run more events than ever before, I, I think. And there was more gaming going on than I've, I've ever seen before. A lot of the time when I was upstairs and you were tabulating down the room, I was going upstairs to check on the Great Hall to see if people were bored or having a hard time mixing and mingling. But by having that... Uh, those rewards for playing board games. Uh, oh, what are you talking about, sir? You're talking about the Game Awards, mm -hmm. which were awarded as medals in the Game Awards ceremony. Go on. What are these Game Awards that we uh, <laughs> awarded people? That's redundant. They were mysterious within the... When the guests check in, they receive like a little Weekend Wolf uh, guidebook. It's a survival guide. It tells you how to survive and win. It was asking players to... Log the games they played, how long they played those games, and whom they played those games with by getting people to sign it, almost like a yearbook. And there was a, a clue that we were going to be giving out rewards, but the rewards had sort of obtuse names like the Chess Award and the Lionheart Award. And not to spoil any of those categories, but at the uh, end of the weekend, we would uh, give out winners. 
because players weren't exactly sure what those rewards were, there was a lot of board gaming and tabletop gaming going on uh, the entire time. Some people were staying up till like three, four in the morning just to play uh, games all night long. Yeah. Mm. It was insane. One of the awards that is public in the survival guide right away is the Wolfpack Award. Do you remember what the Wolfpack Award is, Ben? Was that most players played with? Yes. So that was my effort to try to get people to intermingle as much as possible. So when you played a game with someone, you would hand them the gaming yearbook, which was a couple pages in your survival guide, where they would sign whatever they wanted, their name, little message like, hey, do you like me? Yes, no, maybe. <laughs> but then they would also put the game that they played with you and you couldn't double dip. If you played a game with someone and then you played another game with that same someone, they could only sign your yearbook once for one game. So the Wolfpack Award, which was this cool ass medal that you got to wear that was a head of a wolf, was if you played the most games with the most unique people. And that's why this was really cool. And I'm not trying to trash anything because I know Hoop and Stick Con, and it's a really good opportunity for charity. They try to raise money, the proceeds go to charity, etc. So I'm definitely not trashing Hoop and Stick. But this is what the staff told me. They said, more guests were playing more games at Weekend Wolf than they were at Hoop and Stick Con. What? It was impressive. And I think uh, having that in the survival guide really sort of juiced the game playing because people were like, well, we're going to do this anyways, but now that we can compete, I'm just going to game until my eyes fall out. Well, I should go back. As I said, there were two basic hiccups that we bumped into. One of them was simply poor time management on my part. But we had never done this before, so I really didn't know. I, I went in kind of blind, and I think we did well having never done this before in our lives. I don't know if anyone's tried this reality show meets werewolf type of event. But the other hiccup was, I don't know how, but I accidentally killed someone. And I still don't know how. Were they, instead of getting their character card, they got a ghost card, which wouldn't be a big problem, except the next round, they got their character card back. So like, I'm dead. Oh, now I'm alive. Now I'm dead. And so that was the one death where the cause of death wasn't a werewolf or any other type of evil character, and it wasn't by town vote. Instead, it was the mad Professor Von Gerd, the character I play at Ravenwood Castle that killed this person by <laughs> clerical air. You should just blame it on a ghost. It was cause of death ghost. Oh! <laughs> cause of death ghost. Title of a game I designed. SBJ loves that game with a whole bunch of people. I should publish that. I should publish that. I started playing it again recently. What I'm going to do, and man, I'm behind on this because I know that we had some knaves and knights contact me for playtesting because we do need playtesters. And I wanted to get them some Cause of Death Ghost to playtest and do that through the Game Crafter. But I still need to do that. I think that's a great segue into our sponsor spot. What do you think? Sponsor time. Give us games or money, and we'll talk about those games or money. That's if we like them. Let's see how accurate you were with that. Sponsors, yay! Thank you for sponsoring us. Send us free stuff or money, and we'll talk about your stuff, but only if we like it. Ha ha ha! Ha ha ha! Sir Winnie. <laughs> You are a freelance game designer. What are the companies that have published your games and are going to be publishing your games that you're able to share? I've been published by Pandasaurus, Cat Dragon Games, and upcoming from Floodgate Games. For the rest of this sponsor spot, I'm not even going to talk. I just want you to talk about the Game Crafter because I know you use the Game Crafter, sir. 
I certainly do. In fact, the very first thing I ever published was self-publishing. It was a little RPG system called the Pocket of Interest Card System, and it's still up on the Game Crafter if you just want to print on what? demand. Yeah, I use I've used them for for many a years at this point, and whenever I need my prototypes to look their best, I go to the Game Crafter, and it's actually something that you don't seem to talk a lot about is that they have all of these game parts and pieces that you can order a la carte. So even if you are missing components from the published games that you've purchased, you can stock up on extra meeples and chits and all sorts of different types of things uh, to sort of uh, round out your collection and uh, find replacement parts. But uh, I use them for uh, prototyping and such. So it's fantastic. Sirweenie, I'm talking again. Let me ask, you have had packs on there for years now. It's probably been at least five years you've had packs, the Pocket Arcade role-playing system, right? Yeah. Yes, sure have. You put that up for sale, so anyone can go up and buy some copies right now, today, as they're listening to this. Mm-hmm. Do you get any scratch for that? Do you eventually, how does that work? Because I've never sold games on the Game Crafter for profit, because I just want people to play test them. Like Cause of Death Ghost will be available soon. So what kind of payment do you get? Like, what does that look like? I don't even know. So, uh, yeah, you set your rate and you set how much of a cut that you want to take from the sale of each game. And so it's entirely up to you how much profit you're profiting off the top. You can basically sell your games at cost on their website. And any difference that there is goes into your account. You can either have them cash you out and basically give you the cash for that. or Like what I Vegas! Like- it's just like Vegas! You go with your chips and you cash out. What what I always end up doing, though, is I just use it as store credit for whenever I need a prototype. It's so great to go in there and just have a little bit of walking around money to uh, throw throw at uh, making these prototypes nice and pretty and printed and uh, in the mail to me. Uh, that's what I use most of my uh, proceeds from PAX. It's basically PAX has been the engine that has been funding my other game design for for a bit here. Yes. Nice. I would love to have an elevator pitch about packs, but we don't have time. Yay! So that was Sponsor Spot. Thank you so much for being my shill. Thanks so much for being my wingman, Sir Weenie. You're fantastic, and you're one of my best friends, IRL. Oh, you're wonderful, too. I miss you already. Oh, well, I wasn't going to say that much. But anyway, I was sincere about Cause of Death Ghost. I'm going to try to get that up. Shortly after this recording is released, hopefully by next episode, this is episode 174, hopefully by 175, you will be able to get your prototype copy at cost of Cause of Death Ghost, and you can send us any feedback you want. Sir Winnie, do you know where they should email us if they want to email us comments, questions, or even their knave tonight's submissions so they can go from a knight to a knave? Alan Girding at dumpster.fire. That is incorrect, sir, but hilarious. I should make that email right away. The real email address is... Podcast at TuesdayNightGames.com I was just talking about how you're a perfect wingman and how you totally pick up whatever I throw at you. Alan, I forgot what it was. I I thought you were going to fill it in yourself. I'm so sorry. (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) I know it's tough. And if you want to follow us on social media, where should you go, Sir Weenie? 
Uh, you can follow the Tuesday Night Games at PlayTKG on the tweets and the Facebooks. Uh, you can friend Alan. He'll accept any friends that you want to send his way. If you want to get in touch with me, Ben Canellis, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook at BK Game Design. That's right. BK Game Design. The BK stands for Benjamin Canellis. We're at PlayTKG. Those emails that you can send us, send us all the emails. Podcast at TuesdayNightGames.com. with a K. Oh. But last but not least, we would love it if you could leave us a review on iTunes. You can give us all the stars if you want to. <laughs> that would be great. That is how listeners like you become knaves like you. Thank you so much. I really had a good time. Oh, man. Well, I think with that being said, Sir Weenie, this episode is... Blah, 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 it's finished! <laughs> Blah, blah, blah. Do you know why? Uh, the actual Dracula? Why he says blah? Yeah. I, I, because uh, blood doesn't taste so good. <laughs> That's not bad. You know what's crazy? I just learned this recently. Do you know what the description of Dracula includes, which is so bizarre and far off from all the other depictions of Dracula that I've ever seen in my entire life? That includes cartoons, movies, etc. Do you know how Bram Stoker described Dracula? I mean, I know he was really old and gross. He's not the svelte type of figure that we're used to seeing portrayed. Burt Reynolds' mustache. Oh, really? Dracula, Dracula <laughs> has a what? thick mustache. Not a beard, not a goatee, a mustache. Yes, oh. a thick, furry mustache. I'm just imagining Burt Reynolds with a mustache full of blood at this point. <laughs>